What the fuck is up, world? Biali Tlatik Pak. We back in this bitch. Another motherfucking podcast for that ass. Another grito from your boy to you, the lovely listener. Especially those of y'all motherfuckers that have been listening along for a while now. And even more especially to those of y'all that reach out to your boy and say, yo, let's engage with this podcast material that you've been dropping, dog. To which I got to tell you, like always, that shit makes my fucking world. It makes my life. It justifies everything. Uh, in terms of what we've been talking about for this podcast, I mentioned that, you know, I like to imagine that I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but you never know, right? That's part of the anxiety shit that creeps in. It's going to creep into everybody, even the most, I don't know, maybe not the f- most fanatic, but inevitably we all, even those of us who think we know what we're supposed to be doing, are going to ask ourselves the question of, are we actually doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? And I'm no different. So whenever I get you uh, reaching out to me, it helps further justify the belief that, yeah, perhaps I am in fact doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. So with that in mind, shout out to Liz. I'm assuming that's what the name is. I only go based off of the Instagram name. I'm not going to state it all because, you know, privacy sakes and all that kind of shit. But she hopefully knows who she is, right? And know full well that, you know, the message that you sent me on um, the gram was very heartfelt and very much appreciated on my behalf, right? Uh, speaking of the gram, if you haven't yet followed your boy, the fuck are you waiting for, dog? OG underscore ice nice 13. Okay. You can find me there talking all kinds of shit. Right now, I'm debating whether or not I'm going to talk some more religious shit. Not because I don't want to, but honestly, because it's kind of fucking boring to me at this point. Like, it's, uh, it's not that it's boring. Okay. It's interesting in a way, but it's just. I'm just, uh, well, how can I put this in the nicest way possible? I don't give a fuck about religion, okay? That shit, honestly, I, I don't even know why I'm hesitating to state it, but it, it, it truly is. It's beneath me, dog. And chances are, um, you know, if you're uh, a fellow a-religious person like myself, chances are you probably feel the same way. I personally don't understand how the fuck we're living in supposedly the year 2020, right? And we're even still talking about religion. Like, I, I don't fucking get it at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, to me, Telling people that, you know, shit like you, you're going to burn in hell for all of eternity for even saying this kind of shit is akin to telling a child that Santa Claus isn't going to visit them for Christmas. That's how fucking stupid it is to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if it sounds as though I'm being condescending, it's because I'm trying my best to be condescending. Right? Um, now, hopefully, if you're listening to this, maybe even for the first time, and you're expect- you didn't expect- you're a religious person, and you're like, yo, what the fuck, guy? How are you attacking me so hard within the first three minutes of your podcast? Well, just allow me to simply qualify by saying welcome, first and foremost, but also uh, this is a safe space, bro. Okay. And it's not like a safe space, like all these little fucking bitch ass college universities where where someone introduces an idea that you aren't, that you don't find um, appealing, where you can just run off and go color in a fucking room somewhere. Nah, dog. This is the kind of safe space where we talk about all kinds of shit. This is what I tell my students in my philosophy class, period. But I guess it bears to it, it bears to repeat for you all as well, right? For those of you new potential listeners. Uh that yeah, that is a safe space. We're talking about all kinds of shit. And religion is not off the table. The law nor tradition are immune from moral criticism. You know what I'm saying? Um, and religion is just happened to be one of those few instances. Okay. Um, so you might be asking yourself even further then at this point, is like, how the fuck, how do we get on this religion trip? Well, simply it's meant to be <laughs> as an introduction to part two of our discussion on Heidegger, right? I mentioned it on the last previous episode of the podcast 
that Heidegger himself was an atheist, right? And I guess it only it only seemed appropriate to me to introduce it with some just atheist shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, specifically regarding the ideas that, you know, you don't necessarily, you don't have to be a religious person to be a quote unquote good person. Okay. Now, note the language that I'm using here, bro. Good. I think an important question that we should be asking ourselves period at all points is what is good? Who gets to determine what good is? and conversely, what bad is, right? What is the actual essence and nature of good, okay? And more importantly, is it even is it even a real thing? Is it possible to be good? All these kinds of questions, right? And if our discussion on last week is any sort of a primer or introduction, I think an even more important question should be asking ourselves is, why should I even give a shit? Like, real talk, why the fuck should I even care about what it is to be good, okay? And if we're going to follow this Heideggerian philosophy, the answer is simple, because essentially we owe it to ourselves as of the utmost, if you will, ethical and moral obligation that we have in life. I can give a motherfucker less. It's not okay. Let's be. Let me be very fucking politically correct with this language here. It's not that I don't care. Okay, it's not that I don't care about all the suffering that's happening in the world. What I'm trying to say. Again, as I've qualified many of times before, is that I can only care to the extent that I can change the suffering in the world, which at this point is not by much, right? I'm not the fucking president. I can't sign executive order giving executive orders giving relief aid to countries around the world in desperate need, right? That's not within my power. Okay. What is in my power, I try to control. And the one thing that I can control the most that is absolutely undoubtedly in my power is my life. And because of that, that's why we have the highest ethical obligation to ourselves, okay? And it's with this idea in mind that I'm going to pick up where our last podcast left off, and that is on the ethics of care, Heidegger's iteration of the ethics of care. Now, what Heidegger is going to want to tell us is that this ethics of care first starts with what he refers to as a primitive attitude towards the world, right? And what he means specifically by this, it is not meant to be primitive in the sense that it's, uh, you know, inferior. It's meant to be primitive in the sense that it's not necessarily concerned with knowledge, right? So much as it's concerned uh, with, again, the outcome, inevitably, of our lives. It's, okay, this primitive attitude towards concern, especially, right? Uh, he's going to want to tell us, Heidegger is, that this concern, right? is basically it's a tool of consciousness, right? And that, you know, as a tool that we would use to build our house, that we should use this tool of consciousness in a way that is going to allow us to live better, happier lives, okay? So again, and referring back to this example of building a house, like a hammer is a tool, bro, okay? And you can use it to obviously build shit, destroy shit. Uh, And the same is true of attitudes in the world, our own beliefs about ourselves, right? The affirmations, if you will, that we send out to the universe. I hate, I I don't even hate, like it is what it is, bro. Look at the fucking background, right? Very mystic language, if you will, mystical even language, if you will. And it's not by accident because as we find that even though Heidegger is an atheist, he does at the end of his life lean more towards this mystic understanding. It's like a mystic theism essentially, which I vibe with heavily, bro. Okay, so um, yeah, this concern then is going to be a tool that's going to be fundamentally concerned with how we utilize it in order to build a better life for ourselves. Okay, now 
in this, uh, this is the ultimate concern. And it's again, it's known as care. This ultimate concern that we have for ourselves is what Heidegger is going to refer to as care. So in uh, drawing back some of the language that we used from the last time, Dasein then, he's going to want to tell us, is essentially self-concern, right? And it's not meant to be self-concern in this most selfish, most brutish, most vulgar of ways that's generally interpreted. Nah, man. Uh, you know, uh, I guess the best way to uh, exemplify this is by the philosophy of, well, supposedly, there's plenty of people before him and after him that figured it out on their own, but without any of his influence. But uh, Hobbes, right? Human nature is nasty, brutish, and short, despite the fact that that motherfucker lived in luxury in up until his fucking 90s, right? But yeah, nah, we're not concerned with fucking, you know, uh, self-interest, self-concern in this primitive Hobbesian sense of the word. How we're concerned with it instead is in this way, like a philosophical manner, essentially. And what that means, basically, is that we say, yeah, we're seeking simply to actualize the lower levels of the hierarchy of needs, you know, following that Maslowian philosophy, the hierarchy of needs and all that shit, right? But we also need philosophical enlightenment. We need a place to sleep. We need shelter. We need security. We need food, water, and safety. That's basic level Maslowian fucking hierarchy of needs, right? That shit is important for every living entity on this planet. But we, unlike every other living entity on this planet, require more than that. And that's where the philosophy of concern comes in. And because of that, it's imperative that we seek philosophical enlightenment because it's going to be through this philosophical enlightenment that we are able to find all the other things in life that is going to give us meaning and purpose and value. And when I mean all the other things specifically, I'm trying to say here is all the other tools, if you will. Okay, this is Heideggerian toolkit that, you know, he's, that they're fond of speaking of. The toolkit here being these, uh, these, these, these structures of, of, of reality, of consciousness, like care and concern, empathy, compassion, love, forgiveness, all these different tools, right? But also anger and vengeance, okay? Let's not focus on the toxic positivity part of it all. Um, but what I'm saying is that these are ultimate tools that we're going to utilize to help us build better, happier lives, okay? And the only way that we can fucking gain these tools is by engaging in fucking the philosophical uh, practice necessary to attain the enlightenment that comes once we, you know, have these within our within our possession. Okay, essentially, in attempting to strive to overcome our bestial animal nature, essentially is what Heidegger's going to want to tell us. Okay, and be more of uh, that than what our instincts, what our instincts desire. Okay. What I mean by the instincts desire is it's obviously very simple, but let's just spend a little bit of time discussing it. We're more than these fucking animals that can be satisfied with just eating, sleeping, and fucking dog. Like it's it's, just, it's that simple, right? Now, to be fair, many of us on the world, many of us on this fucking planet, are content with just that. Like we're happy as long as we get to eat, as long as we can sleep, and as long as we can reproduce, we're good, dog. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. Now, I'm not saying that you aren't concerned with that kind of shit because you know damn well your boy is too. But I'm saying that we need more than that, okay? We are more than just my two little pooches outside, right? Running around in the backyard who are content with, you know, having their basic levels of needs in this Maslowian triangle hierarchy of needs satisfied, right? The dogs, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're neutered, but regardless, if they didn't have their, if they still had their nuts, right, they'd still want to fuck too. You know what I'm saying? They'd want, and they'd be content just with that. They'd be content just with eating. They'd be content just with fucking, you know, sleeping and having a house, 
you know, that's going to keep them safe and all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? But we as humans, we desire more than that. Obviously, the best example that I can, you know, give you is that of, you know, a person. I'm not going to focus on one. I was going to use Gandhi, but it's come to my attention that Gandhi was kind of a piece of shit. So fuck Gandhi, too. Right. Um, But someone who engages in a hunger strike. okay? People who engage in hunger strikes are doing so because they're upholding to some morals and some values that they are, you know, that we as humans are uniquely privy to be able to explore. Unlike a dog, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just imagine the the thought experiment of a dog that suddenly becomes self-aware and realizes that, yo, as a dog, my life doesn't fucking matter in the society that I'm living in. My owners, they can fucking basically treat you like shit. And thankfully, now we have laws on records that will punish them for doing so. But even then, most owners of dogs in general treat them like shit. You know what I'm saying? And let's imagine that this dog becomes self-aware and realizes like, yo, my fucking owner is a piece of shit. They leave me outside in the heat. They fucking leave me outside in the cold. They don't fucking feed me. They don't give me water and all that kind of shit. And then come to find out that if I run away and they don't pull me out of the pound, I'm going to be put to sleep along with every other fucking dog in this city that, you know, was released or, you know, every other dog that was born because they're the parents of the of the dogs that birthed them weren't fucking responsible and they didn't neuter them or spay them. And now we have a bunch of little fucking puppies in the pound that are either going to be fucking put to sleep or adopted away. You know what I'm saying? And then let's further imagine the example of this dog suddenly realizing like, man, this is fucked up. What we need to do collectively as our dog counterparts is come together, apes strung together, right? That whole Planet of the Apes type shit was a terrible, terrible interpretation. Uh, impersonation. I apologize, right? But the, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the dog is trying to come together and, you know, organize this mass movement of dogs where they're going to come together and say, yo, the fuck? We ain't going to be your loyal companions anymore until you stop fucking killing us in your mass genocide pounds. We're not going to be your fucking companions anymore until we know for a fact that all you motherfuckers out there that own dogs aren't going to treat us like shit and leave us out in the heat or the cold. You know what I'm saying? And in order to fucking do this, we're going to engage in a hunger strike starting today. You know what I'm saying? That hunger strike would last for all of 10 seconds because the moment the dog gets hungry, man, good motherfucker. Most dogs, not, I guess, maybe the self-aware one, but the majority of dogs, they don't give a fuck. They're trying to eat, okay? When they get tired, they're just trying to find somewhere to sleep. When they're fucking horny, they're going to fucking do whatever it takes to get their rocks off. You know what I'm saying? There is no self-reflection in a dog. But obviously, now we're left in this predicament where we have one or two options. You can either reduce yourself to the level of a fucking dog, hence the bestial nature, or you can fucking recognize our unique ability to overcome these bestial instincts and do more with them, right? So um, in this respect, this is where the ethics of care starts to come in. It's a search, if you will, for self-identity. And in turn, it's an essential feature of Dasein, of Dasein rather. Okay, this desire to seek self-identity, Heidegger's going to tell us, this is a fundamental fucking feature of being Dasein, bro. And that it's by virtue of this concern for self-identity that Dasein relates to other people, objects, and even with oneself. I mean, think about it. This is where we're going to start getting back into this idea of projects and shit. The reason that you are relating to me and I am relating to you, for those of you that I've met, right, through fucking social media and shit, um, is because inherent within us is a desire to discover some notion of self-identity or else we wouldn't have fucking attracted one another. You know what I'm saying? We're all on this similar fucking trajectory, if you will. And, you know, if it wasn't my podcast or somebody else's podcast, or rather it would have been somebody else's podcast, namely somebody who shared a similar trajectory as you do. You know what I'm saying? 
Because again, in this fucking, everyone's looking for themselves. This is the part of the self right or Dasein that Heidegger's going to want to tell us. Whether we fucking conscientiously acknowledge it or not. Some of us want to be told who to be. Others are engaging in the ethics of care and trying to find out who we are. And that because of this, this is how we relate to the world. You know what I'm saying? And that it's by virtue of this concern for this self-identity, he's going to want to tell us, um, that you know this fundamental thesis is that all human endeavors are ultimately directed towards self-recognition, okay? Understood here as the defining of oneself. We're all trying to, you know, can, trying to, all trying to figure out who we are, Doug. Again, it doesn't matter whether you're actively trying to do so or not, as we're going to discover later when we start getting into authenticity, okay? But the basic gist here is that we want to establish ourselves as people being here in this time. What the fuck is this time? Doc, it just depends on what fucking notion of space and time you follow. Me personally, I'm slowly trying to fucking uh, orient myself towards the fucking maze narrative. So for me, it's the year 10,000, right? Some, somewhere on the year 10,000. Um, whether fucking the year is 2020 for you or whatever, billion or infinity, dog, it doesn't matter. What we mean by being here in this time is the fact that you exist. Like, okay, unless you believe in reincarnation, you've never existed and you'll never exist again. You are literally being here in this time. And in this time, we're trying to figure out who the fuck we are and what the fuck it is that we, you know, what we're doing here, what, what it is we value, what it is we want to do with our lives, what we don't want to do with our lives and so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's in this manner again, that we relate to again, not just objects, but other people and even ourselves, because the choices that we make in response to the previous questions that I just posed, that they're all going to determine, right? How you orient yourself and how you engage and interact with other people and even objects, right? So in this sense, then it's understood that all human endeavors are ultimately directed towards, again, self-recognition, defining of oneself, okay? Now, uh, what Heidegger is going to want to tell us is that it's not enough to just recognize that one exists, okay? That in, on top of that, on top of that, we seek to understand and appreciate the nature of our existence as well. Again, I got to keep emphasizing this because you might even be thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck is this Heidegger character talking about? I know plenty of people, dog, that can give a motherfuck less about self-actualizing. I know plenty of people that can give a motherfuck less about trying to figure out who they are and appreciate the nature of their existence, to which Heidegger is going to say, yes, but no, okay? You might know them, or you might even more importantly think you know them, and they might think they know themselves right? These people that, you know, are getting lost in the minutia of everyday life. But the reality is that that's just a front, okay? That that front is there to keep them from having to do all the difficult work necessary to give their own meaning and uh, their, to give their own life meaning, purpose, and value. It's just a front to have to, uh, to be able to avoid thinking about the very difficult uh, topics of existence, like eternality and all that kind of shit. So yeah, um, in that respect, then this Heideggerian philosophy, it's going to want to tell us then, that basically, we're all just trying to work out uh, uh, the essential human quest. And what is the essential human quest? Finding out what, or more appropriately, who we are, okay? Now, it's important to, again, further emphasize that this quest for self-identity isn't peculiarly philosophical, okay? It's not, a, it's not a, a peculiarly philosophical enterprise, right? And thus, it's not just reserved for philosophers. This is one of my favorite parts about Heideggerian philosophy. And it's uh, one of the things that attracted me to Heideggerian philosophy in the first place. I'm not saying that I learned this from Martin Heidegger. Fuck no. And fuck that cult of personality shit. What I'm saying is I had already had these sentiments myself 
And to hear them echoed in Martin Heidegger is what attracted me to his philosophy so much. And the sentiment is simple. Man, fuck this ivory tower, analytic, Western tradition of philosophy, gatekeeping bullshit nonsense, okay? Just because you're the fucking tenured professor that's been teaching at Harvard or Yale or fucking Texas for the last 50 fucking years doesn't mean that you are the authoritative figure of philosophy, bro. And it definitely doesn't mean that whatever the fuck Heidegger's talking about or whatever other philosophers are talking about, that is relegated just to you and others like you, okay? This fucking philosophical enterprise is a human endeavor, bro. Humans were uniquely renowned with the ability to question our being. This is the fucking fundamental nature of Dasein, okay? And because of that, it's not reserved just for philosophers, right? We gotta liberate the knowledge, bro. Give it to the fucking hood, to the streets where it belongs, where it'll make an actual difference, right? Heidegger specifically is going to tell us that every man is Dasein and every man asks the same questions. Now, I guess I should qualify. I'm not trying to be gender exclusive here, but this is the language that fucking they spoke in. So if I slip up, please let it be known. I'm not trying to exclude our lovely female and non-binary counterparts. I'm just fucking trying to get through the lecture note or the podcast notes in a way that can be as fucking entertaining as possible. Salute. Anyways, uh, it's an every man is Dasein. And because of that, again, every man asks the same questions, right? At best, at best, some of us, right, can ask these same questions in a more intellectual manner or in a better fucking organized manner, right? Um, but again, that's only because we as philosophers, at best, we're simply just more concerned with answering these questions and in, in turn have devoted more time to trying to do so. And that anybody realistically can fucking, you could be at my level, dog, right? I'm not particularly fucking intelligent any much more than in the average every per, uh, the average person, other than I have a highly specialized knowledge in philosophy, which anybody could gain if you just read the books, right, that I did. If you perhaps take the classes that I did or more, whatever the case is, there's nothing special about me or any other fucking philosopher that's out there. It's fundamental shared human experience. You know what I'm saying? So, um, we don't have this privileged position. At best, again, we just have these fancier language and more developed thoughts. And in fact, what Heidegger is going to want to say is that the schoolishness of professional philosophy actually renders those philosophers less capable of answering or even recognizing the question of self-identity than others. Yo, these motherfuckers operate in boxes, bro. They live in boxes. They live in systems. It's one of the reasons I started my whole fucking podcast by saying, man, religion is beneath me, bro. That shit, I don't give a motherfuck, yo. Like, that's a limiting thought structure. What does it matter what religion it is? I don't even give a fuck if it's an Abrahamic religion or not. It couldn't be an indigenous Nahuatl philosophy or rather religion. And I still wouldn't fucking ascribe to it. Why? Because the moment you set up these boundaries, the moment you set up these barriers, you limit your understanding of reality. You limit the ability of what you can, you know, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, if you will. And that's what these fucking schoolish academic nerds fucking do, bro. And because of that, they're less capable of answering or even recognizing the questions of self-identity as compared to other people that don't operate within these fucking narrow frameworks that we've built up around ourselves, right? Now, to be fair, I agree with this sentiment, but I'll also add that a strict adherence to the academic professional philosophy by these quote-unquote philosophers also hinders the quote-unquote non-initiated, okay? In that it's actively and inertly, I guess we should say, it goes against the desire to address, let alone perhaps even more importantly, answer questions regarding the fundamental nature of our existence. So what do I mean by that? It's simple, Doug. 
philosophy is a safe space. Like I fucking talked about at the beginning of this podcast, bro. And the moment that you fucking set up barriers and boundaries and limit the ability of ideas that go against these barriers and boundaries from entering, you have created a fucking, it's an echo chamber, okay? And in this echo chamber, we teach more philosophers to be echo chamber fucking producing and maintaining philosophers. And they, in turn, perpetuate this similar fucking pattern, which in turn, ultimately, does nothing more then harm people in the long run. Why? Because the point of fucking hood philosophy is to change the world, not explain it, okay? I don't give a fuck how fancy and adept you are at explaining the world. I'm trying to change this shit. And the only way that I personally, going back to earlier in this podcast, can do so is by influencing the small sphere of that I have fucking access to, right? And... I, I guess influencing, it's not a weird word to say. It's not like I'm actively trying to brainwash anybody. I'm just saying, like, I'm speaking my power to truth, bro. You know what I'm saying? This is what I feel passionately about. I'm going to fucking devote myself to this project. And fucking for those who feel it, let's ride. For those that don't, fuck you, dog. Like, it is what it is. Find something else, right? Hood philosophy is a philosophy for everyone and no one, okay? But what I'm trying to say then is that when we fucking uh, operate within these very limited constraining echo chambers, we don't allow students the opportunity to enter into a philosophy class and learn shit that's going to potentially impact them in their personal lives for the better. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a motherfuck about Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle. I want to learn that shit that's going to help me personally live a good, better, happier life, right? Aristotle, Socrates, yeah, they talk about all that kind of shit, but, dog, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they were philosophizing thousands of years ago. We're living in, what again, whatever year the fuck it is. We're living now, right? We are being here now to use the Heideggerian language, okay? I need some shit that's relevant to me now, okay? And these philosophers that are operating within these fucking frameworks, that's just not possible for them because they're still stuck trying to uphold fucking thoughts and ideas from thousands of years ago. A little further insight into why I started this podcast off by saying, bro, I'm above that, dog. Chances are you probably feel the same. Maybe you're not going to be as fucking obnoxious as I am in affirming it and asserting it. But deep down, deep down right here, you know it to be true. Okay. Maybe you're just trying to be polite and not trying to fucking tell other people. But the reality is, fuck them. Right. Why? Because, well, as we're going to come to find this herd mentality. Why the fuck should we feel the need to lower ourselves, right? Should Why the fuck should we feel the need to compromise our fucking happiness and the goals in our lives to adhere and to appease the desires of a bunch of fucking oafs who have no, no fucking desire to self-actualize? Like, I'm not with that, dog. You know what I'm saying? And neither was Heidegger. And one of the biggest problems with this is the schoolishness of academic philosophy, right? So, in that respect, he's going to want to tell us like, yo, anytime we ask ourselves questions like what we are doing with our lives, does God exist? Why were we born? Why must we die? And the most pressing question of them all of suicide, right? Heidegger is going to want to tell us this is all the act of manifesting the basic self-questioning structure of Dasein. The ability to question is something that exists for every single human being on this planet. It's a structure of consciousness. It's a potentiality for everybody, even the ones that we think falsely don't ever engage in it, okay? 
He's going to want to tell us further that this essential structure of care as self-questioning is not, of course, sufficient. It's not sufficient to ensure that all men and women and non-binary, right, do so all the time. In fact, Heidegger is going to want to contend that it's quite the contrary, okay? Uh, He's going to tell us specifically that the fallenness, if you will, from being of our age is due to our forgetting how to ask these fundamental questions. Or simply put, why society fucked up? Because not only have we stopped asking important questions about reality, but we fucking straight up forgot. And because of that, we have fallen out of being, okay? This inability Heidegger's going to want to tell us, or in some cases, fucking outright unwillingness, it doesn't detract, however, from the fact that all humans can choose to choose or to question, rather, the fundamental nature of their reality at any given moment. Doesn't matter if you're five years old. Doesn't matter if you're 95 years old, right? As long as you're still fucking alive and breathing, you can question the fundamental nature of your existence at any given moment. I don't give a fuck if you've been a Democrat your whole life, a Republican for your whole life, a Catholic, a Protestant, whatever, okay? We all, at any given moment, have the ability to sit back and ask the deep, penetrating questions of reality in an effort to utilize them as tools, the answers now, to help us live and construct better lives, right? Now, conversely, this also implies that just because we have done this before, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to continue to do so forever, bro. This is where more of that fucking David Goggins shit that I've been talking about for multiple podcast episodes now really starts to come into play. The realization is like, okay, yeah, you work, let's let's say to use a very fucking brutish example, you worked out today, but guess what? You're going to have to do it again tomorrow. And then the day after that, and the day after that, and every day after until the day you spit your last motherfucking breath, right? Yeah. You did everything that you need to do in order to ensure that you're living a good, happy life today, but you're going to have to do it again tomorrow and the day after that and every day after that for all of your existence on this planet. So you better fucking get strong, dog, because it's a fucking, it's a heavy load to bear. Okay. And just because you've done it in the past, that is no guarantee that you are going to guarantee to do so in the future. Right. Now, regardless, Heidegger's going to want to tell us the importance of doing so, it cannot, it cannot be under, understated as the necessity of asking questions arises only in order for Dasein to live authentically. Or simply put, bro, you want to live that real life? You have to ask these questions. I cannot emphasize this enough, okay? Now, it's important to note that just because every person can reflect on these questions, this doesn't imply that every person is willing to do so, okay? As the possibility of living inauthentically is just as likely, and if you ask me, perhaps more so, than living authentically, right? Now, this is a luxury, quote unquote, because obviously, if my example of David Goggins uh, 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 hit home in any way, You'll know the the irony in the word, right? Luxury, the realization of the burden that we must bear. I mean, a burden in a bad way, but it's a burden nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, but it's one that's reserved for a few of us, okay? A reality that leads further to a fallenness from being. Why is I I say it's reserved for a few of us, like I'm fucking special and that I'm doing that shit. Nah, dog. This quarantine got me all fucked up. Don't get it twisted. Just because I'm putting out these podcasts, just because I'm putting out these videos, just because, you know, like, bro, I'm telling you, this shit has me fucked up, okay? I am not living in fucking authentically right now. I have fallen completely out of fucking attunement, if you will, with the life that I'm supposed to be leading, all right? So uh, don't mistake my usage of fucking poor language as a, a sign of me trying to put myself up on a pedestal because that is not the case, right? Again, if anything, use it as an example of why it's so difficult for me to do these podcasts or this particular podcast on Heidegger because again, every time we fucking talk about this shit, dog, I'm like, fuck, bro. I am not living authentically. I am not utilizing the toolkits in my fucking repertoire, the tools rather, in my repertoire to fucking lead a happier life. Like I'm content. More importantly, the fucking quarantine has allowed me to become content, which is terrible. Contentment is terrible. It's not about not being thankful for what you got. It's about for recognizing like you cannot rest on your laurels, bro, because the moment you start to rest on your laurels is the moment you start to fall out of authenticity and lose the very fucking laurels that you've been resting on, the ones that you gained by engaging in all this hard work, right? So uh, regardless of what we choose, Heidegger is going to maintain that our fate is ultimately up to us. More of that fucking free will, bro. Freedom, a recurring theme in existential philosophy in general, right? It's up to you, Doug. You want to be happy? Get up and make that shit happen. You don't? That's also your fault, bro, okay? And this is best evident, at least for me, by his quote that Dasein decides its existence, okay? Whether it does so by taking hold or by neglecting. Dasein decides its existence. Pretty fucking haunting, right? Maybe it's just me. I mean, it's just a fucking philosophy nerd that that shit hits home, bro. Like, fuck, right? Right in my little sad boy soul. Now, what he's trying to say essentially then is that every Dasein provides an answer to the question of self-identity in choosing a life for themselves, okay? So again, the problem here is that many people choose by either neglect or default. Yo, you can fucking live the default mode of existence. Let's say the American one, even though I got some listeners outside of the US. What's up, boy? I see you. Or girl, what's up, dog? Comrade, bro. Whether you're fucking in the United States of America or not, okay? But uh, let's just, I don't, I, I can only go based off the US because this is the only place I've ever lived, right? But the default mode of being, this fucking standard, average, everyday mode of existence. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I drink Miller or Bud Light. I smoke, par or not, I used to smoke Parliament Lights, right? But that's not very common. More common would be Marlboro Lights, right? Uh, what else do fucking typical Americans, what else do we do? We eat cheeseburgers and hot dogs and celebrate boomsticks on the 4th of July, right? Um, what else do we average Americans do? I like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Like typical bullshit minutia average. I'm fucking laughing at how preposterous I sound, not how preposterous that life is. If you want to live that life, it makes you happy. Do whatever the fuck you want, right? I'm not trying to make any normative claims. I'm just, I'm just trying to liberate the knowledge. I'm just trying to spread the philosophy. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So many people choose by either neglect or default. Uh, and you know, we just take the life that's given to us and we just adopt it as our own. Right. 
Uh, I am upset that this OG Ice Nice 13 character posts about Satan, despite the fact that he's openly stated that he is not a Satanist and doesn't even believe in Satan, likening Satan and the belief in such a character to the belief in a Santa Claus character, right? But still, I'm going to get upset because he insulted something that I inherited and never really bothered to research on my own outside of Bible school. And, uh, and I'm going to fucking talk shit to him for no other reason than he's questioning a structure of reality that helps me fall asleep comfortably at night without having to worry or question or even ask any of the difficult uh, questions inherent with existence, right? Like, come on, dog, get the fuck out of here. Okay. Um, so yeah, the problem is again, that these people like, I can't take them seriously, man. These fucking religious people, many of them, because dog, are you really a Christian, bro? Are you really a Muslim? Or were you just born into a Christian, Muslim, Jewish, fucking indigenous Nahuatl household and your parents told you like this is the correct way to live and all this kind of bullshit because that seems pretty fucking arbitrary, dog. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I can't take you serious. I can't take you serious when you're over here fucking pounding your chest about how great America is, knowing full well the only reason you fucking believe that is because you were born in America. You could have been born in Saudi Arabia and you would have felt the same exact way about that country as you do about this one. You know what I'm saying? Like I cannot take you serious, bro. Um, now, this is a face, okay? This is rather to face the question of being, no doubt, but in an inarticulate way that doesn't give any serious consideration to the alternatives. Heidegger's going to want to tell us. And although this is a paradigm of inauthenticity, this is not the Rona, okay? Just so we're clear for those of you worrying, this is not a Rona dry cough right now. This is a fucking, I'm ranting and raving like fucking an Alex Jones lunatic right now rant, okay? In fact, if you'd allow me a brief pause so I can go with some water to clear up this fucking this nonsense. All right. Sorry about that. Now, um, to go back, uh, despite the fact that he's going to want to tell us Heidegger that this is the paradigm of inauthenticity, um, it's nevertheless, again, a recognition and ultimately a repression of the question of being all these fucking people who are living these, what, you know, us elitist, bougie fucking terrors like myself who refer to as an inauthentic mode of existence. You know what, dog? If you're happy grilling fucking fireworks and salad, or rather grilling hot dogs, and celebrating fireworks on the 4th of July, more power to you, okay? Reality is fucking terrifying. Everybody's just looking for something to help them fall asleep at night, okay? As long as that doesn't impose on me personally, right? When you start talking shit to me because I point out all the flaws of the country that you're celebrating, despite the fact that I'll openly tell you that I'm fucking unhappy to be living here, right? Then we'll have a problem. But aside from that, like, fucking do you, dog, okay? Now, um, again... What he's going to want to tell us essentially is that authenticity differs in that it is not only recognizing the question of being, but it's about confronting the radical nature of this question in a more explicit manner. Okay. Um, he's going to tell us specifically that authentic Dasein makes the question articulate and does not suppress it. All right. But rather recognizes the radical nature and extent of the choices of our existence that is provided to us. So that's just a very fucking fancy way of saying like, yo, cut the shit, bro. I don't, I don't need the fucking reality to be sugarcoated to me. Religion is cute. It's a nice little fucking set of training wheels. Okay. For children. I'm a fucking grown man, a grown woman, a grown non-binary, whatever the fuck, a grown comrade. Okay. A grown Dasein to use fucking Heideggerian language. I can, acknowledge and embrace the fucking craziness of existence without you needing to sugarcoat it for me. I can embrace the fucking craziness of existence without being, it might terrify me, but the terrified 
nature is probably a good thing because it's going to help awaken you, if you will, awaken us from this state of fallenness that we find ourselves in where we're not taking fucking serious the, uh, should I say, gift that we currently have here at this per- current moment, literally being here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, this fucking, this question in some uh, of being, of self-identity, it's an essential structure all humans, all Dasein have, right? And all of us are going to ask this question. Some of us are simply going to do so explicitly and with an honest recognition of the many available answers, right? Or more importantly, more appropriately rather, authentically, while others are going to suppress this question as soon as they recognize it and settle instead for ready-made answers provided by others, okay? Or simply put, authenticity, okay? Now, what does one recognize is what Heidegger is going to want to ask us when we ask the question, who am I, okay? He's going to tell us that one should and will recognize three existential or specifically essential structures. We're going to recognize our existence, our facticity, and our fallenness, okay? Now, we'll start first with existence, not to be confused with extends, the fucking male uh, enhancement, that uh, 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 whatever regimen, right? But existence, Okay, it ends with a Z. Uh, and what he's going to tell us is that this is defined in terms of the possibility and understanding, right? So in that term, Dasein as existence is defined as the projection of possibilities by the understanding. I think this is such a fucking beautiful concept, okay? So let's, before we continue here, give it a quick little fucking, uh, a quick little glance over because it fucking merits it, right? We have these projects Heidegger's going to want to tell us. We call them uh, uh, these projects that, that I alluded to earlier that, you know, that we're helping build with our toolkit and all that kind of shit. And it's these projects that give our lives meaning and value. So we're engaging in these projects, right? Whether we want to or not, some of us are engaging in the projects of not doing anything all day, right? While others of us are engaging in the process of doing everything that we think it is that's necessary for us to live good, happy lives, right? Regardless, we're all engaging in these projects, Okay. And these projects, thus, are informed by the amount of self-retrospection that we engage in, okay? Self-reflection, philosophical attitude, right, that we live with, okay? And this fucking, these ideas that we get then, we project them into the, into the future, right? And we say to ourselves, in X amount of time, I want this project to be complete. I want to get my master's degree. I want to become a millionaire. I want to have a child. I want to get married. I want to fucking whatever your project is. It varies wildly for all of us. Okay. And we're starting to project with it the possibilities of what could potentially happen in life with the understanding of what these projects are. So you might say to yourself, like, okay, I want to get a master's degree, but right now I only have an associate's degree. So now all these different possibilities of what could potentially come from your life start to emerge all over the place. I can go to this school. I can go for this program. I can get into, you know, for this study. I can have it by this year for this amount of money. All sorts of different possibilities, right? I want to have a child. 
Am I going to have it with a partner? Am I going to have it in vitro? Am I going to just fuck whatever? Like, so what am I going to name the child? How am I going to raise the child? Under what beliefs? All these different fucking possibilities that start to emerge. Okay. And we start to project, if you will, these possibilities into our future and start to plan all of our projects accordingly. You know what I'm saying? The next part is the facticity. And simply what our facticity is, is us finding ourselves as already being in the world. Okay. Hence the fact and facticity, right? It's the fact, if you will, that we exist in a particular world for us here, supposedly 21st century United States of America, right? For people that were philosophizing during Heidegger's time, 19 fucking 50s Germany, right? For people, if you're listening to this in the future, what's up? from the past, right? Uh, whatever the fuck year it is that you're listening to this, okay? Uh, whatever the case is, we exist here now. And in doing so, we're living, there's certain facets of reality that are, we're just, we're born and those are just automatic. Like if you're born in the United States of America, it's automatic that your parents are going to give you a first and last name and you're going to get a social security number. Like that shit is automatic. You're going to get a birth certificate if you're born in America. And it's going to tell you where you were born, where you were born, who you were born to, who fucking delivered you, and so on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know this. These are just the facts of your existence, right? Um, but there's also more. And the other facts of your existence is all the other shit that you've done up until this point. Like, the, some facts of my existence. I have a master's degree. I'm pursuing a doctorate degree, right? Um, and those, those, those are all facts of my life that, interestingly, like the projects that I just mentioned before, are serving to constrain and at the same time simultaneously perhaps even open up you know potentialities for myself in the future. I know the things that I can do and the things that I can't do based on the facticity of my life up until this very point. So again, we're this is introducing a little bit of his ideas on time, right? Motherfuck that public time, dog. We exist all at once in our own personal time that we have while we're on this planet. And essentially, then our facticity is the past of us and the existence is going to be the future of us where we find ourselves here now in the present of us, okay? And then the third one, which is fallenness. And what Heidegger is going to want to tell us is essentially that fallenness is the failure to ask the question of being and a failure to question one's own being in particular, okay? We fall from fucking this state of being when we fail to ask and answer these questions to ourselves, realize like, yo, motherfucker, dog, you were a present, you're being here, and you are fucking facilitated by your past actions, and they're directing you towards future actions. And if you don't fucking start questioning shit, if you don't fucking, first of all, recognize this shit, and then start questioning this shit, your trajectory you may not live the best, happiest life. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, specifically, Heidegger is going to tell us is that this falling, this fallenness rather, is a falling captive to the world, forgetting even, or perhaps per, more appropriately, in some cases, refusing, okay, to recognize one's true existential nature and thus lose all perspective and involve oneself instead with the petty tasks of the present. Okay, as they as they present themselves, let's be clear with what I'm saying here. The petty tasks of the present as they present themselves, 
just going back to the previous podcast, right? Being unto death part one, where I, where I kind of mentioned it, where I was like, yo, like you got to decide, dog, because you can't be fucking 100% everything 100% of the time, right? You can only be a fucking 100% podcaster or a 100% fucking writer, a 100% PhD student, but you cannot be altered at the same time. I'm speaking of myself here personally, obviously, and I'm telling you based off my personal fucking experience. You know what I'm saying? Um, inevitably, one of these is going to have to go, bro. And more importantly, even more importantly, it's not that one of them is going to have to go. It's that your attention is going to suffer from one of them inevitably or all of them totally, right? Um, but more importantly, let's say that me, I'm speaking to myself here, you do want to be this fucking doctoral student with a fucking podcast while still working simultaneously. Like, bro, that's a lot of work. And you're not going to be able to do so to the highest of your ability if every fucking time you're engaged in the process of becoming better at that, you keep getting caught up with the petty bullshit of life. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be fucking social media or if, I mean, because, yo, the fucking Heidegger is a student of Nietzsche, bro. So let's just be fucking 100 with it. Petty, average, everyday bullshit that other people introduce to your lives. Maybe you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's always talking shit and always getting under your skin, right? Maybe you got a husband or wife who demands more of you then you're fucking comfortable giving because it's gonna it's gonna sacrifice from you. Not to be fair, the obverse is true too. Maybe you got a dope boyfriend, a dope girlfriend, a dope, uh, a dope husband or dope wife. Like, yeah, that's possible too. Okay. But what I'm saying in this particular instance is if you don't, and those motherfuckers are taking away from you know what it is that you're trying to do in life with their petty everyday bullshit, like that shit comes at a cost, bro. That shit comes at a cost, is what Heidegger's trying to tell us, right? Uh, do you really give a fuck? If the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year, or is that just a petty task that's presenting itself to you that's keeping you from fucking acknowledging a larger issue in the future, namely the project that you hope to complete before you fucking expire on this planet, right? Do you really give a fuck which reptilian overlord is going to be ruling over us after the 2020 election, assuming that we even have one and this country hasn't been completely fucking hijacked before that, right? Before then? Or are you just using all the fucking distraction as provided by so, uh, by by politics right now, and understandably so, as a overall distraction from your life right here, right now, this person being here right now on this planet for the finite amount of time that we have, and thus you know you're concerning yourself with this petty task as it presents itself. Oh, what did Donald Trump tweet today? Oh, what did Nancy Pelosi say today? Those are petty tasks and we're concerning ourselves with them. We're giving our energy to them. Heidegger's going to want to tell us instead of focusing on the real shit that we should be focused about, namely being awoken, being shooken out of our state of fallenness and living a better, more authentic life, right? He's going to want to tell us further that this tendency to fallenness, it threatens all of us all of the time. And most of us yield to it most of the time at that, right? Um, we, we 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 get lost up right in these petty tasks and that the structure of Dasein that manifests itself as inauthenticity it it fucking it just overtakes us okay this fallenness man again it fucking threatens all of us all the time and it catches most of us most of the time like it's this average everydayness that becomes the norm and this average everydayness ultimately is what the state of fallenness is now the best way that I can explain this for now is this is realistically what the Rona revealed to us, bro. The average everyday of existence is what this fucking quarantine specifically has revealed to us, right? Namely, how it's removed the possibility to live 
this average everyday capitalist way of being and left us with essentially nothing to do as we're no longer distracted by the present petty tasks that present themselves to us, which is where we go back to the bestial nature. Perhaps you hear my dog barking on the outside. I always ask this to my students. I've asked this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating now more than ever, particularly because you understand where it's influenced by, but because this is where it fucking comes from. If you weren't taking a philosophy class, I ask my students, where would you be right now at this very moment, irrespective of what time the class is, okay? To which the sad reality is most of us, myself included, simply respond. I would either be at work or at home asleep. Meaning the projects in my life, they're very, they're very few and far between. And they're entirely predicated by an external force, namely in this one, a capitalist Western society that determines that the only value that I have as a human being is that which is generated through my labor. To which the answer is, well then, realistically, if, you know, we are going to be doing nothing more than fucking eating, sleeping, and fucking, then seriously, what makes us different from the animals? And yeah, I guess that's as good a point as any to go ahead and draw this bitch to an end. I hope you enjoyed this part deuce on Heidegger philosophy. When I come back, I'm not gonna do another. I'm not gonna do another Heidegger podcast for my next one. We're gonna, a little break from the Heideggerian philosophy. Okay, we're gonna continue part three of being unto death. It's on the back burner for now. Okay, but I got some other shit planned for y'all, and I'm very much looking forward to getting that shit out to you as soon as possible. So, until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Stay blessed, yo. And I'll see you next time. Peace.